We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined as always by Kyle Porter. Kyle, did you have a good weekend? Uh, I did. I had a couple days off. Uh, not a lot of golf, not a lot of big golf going on. There was a golf tournament, but, uh, yeah, I got to, got to hang with the kids, got some new, got a new Lego set. I was, I was big time in our house. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a great weekend. How about you? In honor of Mike Yersich, a new Lego set. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I did, I did touch off the weekend. You know, I, I was, I'm really into, uh, some of the books I'm reading right now and I didn't want to get sucked into Patriots chiefs on Sunday night. Good luck. And so I was like, well, I'll just I'll wait until the end. I'll just watch the end of the fourth quarter, which lasted like three hours, it felt like. Yep. Uh, so I did get sucked in there. But, um, yeah, it was it was a fun weekend. It was a fun weekend. Uh, I know you and I are firmly on the Brady is the goat corner. <laughs> I mean, what what evidence is left to, to prove it? I mean, three third and tens. Are you kidding me on the game-winning drive? He, he's He's amazing. He's incredible. He, he he made a couple of throws that made me gasp. <laughs> and I mean, there there was one third and ten. I forgot who it was to. It might have been Hogan over the middle. But it was like it, it it's like he. I don't, I don't know how he. I don't know how he threw it. He almost made it appear on the other side of him without anybody. It, it was just. It was like magic. I mean, it was crazy. And to do it at that age, I thought Patty Mahomes was pretty awesome too. That was a that was a fun game. That was an awesome game. And I guess where I stand on Brady, too, the most amazing thing about him is it literally doesn't matter who's on his team, mm-hmm. who, the, who the skill players are. I mean, you can make a case his, his player like Gronk and, and Hogan made great catches. Hogan was like a lacrosse player. <laughs> like, I mean, Rex Burkhead's been a journeyman running back. Yeah. I mean, it just it doesn't matter. He's never had a Peyton Manning-like supporting cast with Marvin Harrison Hall of Famer, Edron James borderline Hall of Famer. So it just it's amazing that 17 years after winning his first one he's still playing at the highest level. He would be the oldest player in the NBA. He's the same age as Vince Carter, which is just That's wild. Astonishing. So I, I really enjoyed that. It, it got my mind off of uh, college basketball, which <laughs> I don't mean to be Debbie Downer. I don't mean to be crass. I don't mean to uh, be downgrade this podcast moving forward, Kyle. But OSU's basketball season's over. It's yeah, it's, yeah. it's Vince Carter gif. It's it's a wrap. I mean, <laughs> we can break it down. We can talk about what they did well, how 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 they how hard they fought against Iowa State. The, the season's over, and for me, it's just another lost season of OSU basketball. We're now it's 2009 was the last time they won an NCAA tournament game. I know we're we're gonna go another year of that, and it's it's sad to me. And to me, it's there's a lot of angles to attack it, but that's kind of my first my first instinct to to bring up on the pod. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, we're gonna roll through some headlines here. The first one I've got, which is directly related to it, is uh, obviously Contravius Jones, Maurice Kalu, and Michael Weathers get booted. Oklahoma State has a uh, walk on tryout open gym thing, which I feel like has happened too many times over the last 10 years. <laughs> uh, no offense to the Cox brothers, to uh, Nolan and then Mason. Yeah, exactly. But uh, what I mean, I don't know. Were, were you surprised that? Obviously, this is Weathers' second time to get in trouble. Were you surprised that Kalu and and uh, Contravius Jones were just like you know one and done? That that was it. I guess. I mean, Contravius was in trouble too. 
right? He was suspended before this latest suspension or uh, latest removal. Well, he was. He, he got he, suspended, didn't he? He had been sus. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think yeah, you're right. He had. Yeah, he had. Yeah. Uh, Kalu, I thought that was a little surprising, but I mean, I don't know what these kids expected or what they were thinking shooting BB guns at cars. Like, we still don't know the whole story, and that's all speculation. They allegedly shot BB guns at cars. I, sh- I don't want to get sued. They allegedly did that. Um, so I don't. I don't know what they were thinking, and I, I don't think it's necessarily fair to blame Mike Boynton's recruiting and the lack of awareness of the type of kids he's bringing into his program. But I, but I would be very hypocritical to, to say he's totally absolved from it because mm-hmm. what did I, what did I talk about with Travis Ford and those yep. two completely lost recruiting classes that, that, that ultimately fair or unfair that ultimately falls on Mike Boynton's feet. That, those are kids that he recruited that got in trouble multiple times and, and are gone. So yep. that's, and it's a lost season. So that, that ultimately is a season under his watch that is completely lost. Well, and it, it's crazy, you know, it, when you think about this from a different, like a sp- different sport perspective, if you lose three guys in football, you're like, okay, well, I mean, unless they're like this starting quarterback, starting running back and, and your best wide out or your best defensive player or whatever, you're kind of like, okay, well, you know, that stinks, but you'll, you'll fill it in. In basketball, it's kind of debilitating, right? I mean, that you only have so many guys, and now Oklahoma State has. I mean, no offense to Duncan Demuth and and Trey Reeves, they've got like they've got like a six man rotation, like a real six man rotation, and uh, that's not good. Going <laughs> when you still have Kansas on the schedule a couple times, when you still have, uh, you know, Texas Tech on the schedule a couple times, it's just you're right. It's a lost season, and and it's and it can be it can be debilitating when you're when you're bringing guys in and then running them off. And there, there has to be some form of uh, consistency and continuity throughout, throughout the years. And, you know, to, to, to start the Mike Boynton era anyway, there really hasn't been. Now, some of that is not his fault. Guys transfer or leave or whatever, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, not, not good times for Oklahoma state basketball right now. Yeah, and I, I don't really want to hear, well, they weren't going to win this year anyway. They had just won on the road at West Virginia, and it shown positive signs. So, and to me, Kyle, the, the biggest disappointment is Michael Weathers, because mm-hmm. Mike Boynton put a lot of eggs into that basket. I mean, this is a kid that He's he good. recruited. He was the freshman of the year in the MAC. He brings him in. He has to wait a year, and he was kind of viewed as the future of the team, the future future leader of the team. And he gets in trouble with the stealing the girl's purse. And then he's involved in this latest incident. So that, that to me is, is probably the biggest disappointment of all. Cause when you lose a guy like Michael Weathers, it's not quite losing your quarterback on a football team, but it's really close because he's yeah. one of their best players on the team. So it's, I, know. I think Mike Boynton will look back at, at bringing him in and, and ultimately regret it after the poor judgment he showed. Yeah, I, it's so hard though. Like, how do you know that stuff? You know, like it's not. It's not. Well, I mean, I think it, it leads to the questions of why was he transferring from? Why was why was he leaving his current school? I mean, yeah. was it was it just a case of he wanted to go play at a bigger school after one season? Yeah, I don't know. I think that that leads to more questions than than answers. But that to me is a huge disappointment for for Mike Boynton and, and the basketball team. So they're he, he has a lot of good recruits coming in, Kyle, but. Man, I mean, we haven't talked about Mike Cunningham getting booted. I mean, 
these this next recruiting class has to pan out or Mike Boynton will not pan out as the head coach. It's, I know. it's really as, it's really as simple as that. I mean that that's not that's not a slide against Mike Boynton, but when you hand pick all these guys and they all get kicked off the team, this next class that's very highly regarded has to pan out. Well, to be fair, you know, the um I'm trying to think of so Weathers was did he transfer after Boynton became the head coach? I believe so. And then, so last year you had uh, Dawson, who was, I think, recruited by Boynton, but what Boynton was not the head coach when he came in, kicked him off. Devon Dillard was not recruited by Mike Boynton. So some some of the guys that have been booted were not his guys, right? And even, even if you look at Kalu and Jones, those were kind of late additions. Not that that, again, absolves him of anything. I'm not trying to make excuses for Mike Boynton. This is his responsibility. But uh, it's, not, it's not necessarily, other than Weathers, it's not like your core guys that were your guys. So I, think, I, I do think Weathers is kind of the, the, the big one. Now, he did. He did Weathers, re- was a, Weathers was a Boynton recruit. He recruited him as the head coach. Okay. And he did recruit Kalu and Jones. I'm not saying that he didn't recruit them, but they weren't guys that he got early and was like, it'd be different if this was like um, Caleb Boone and Marcus Watson getting kicked off a year from now. Then you're, then it's, yeah, you know, that's a huge issue. Um, So again, not absolving, but just trying to provide a little bit of context for, for where we're at. Sure. That's fair. And, and how do you, how do you think Mike? I mean, not that Mike Gundy is excited about this, but um, there has to be some sense of like, well, you know, that's why we got the cowboy culture. You know, stuff doesn't happen in football. <laughs> well, they don't get in trouble necessarily, but they do transfer. That's true. So that's, they're not on your team regardless. Yeah, that's <laughs> whether a good point. by now, transfer or otherwise. I I agree with you though. I I already thought year three was big, and now it's almost like. I mean, it, it, it's it's make or break, right? Now, I'm not saying you have to make the tournament in year three, but you have to you have to get your you have to prove that you're on a trajectory that is uh, going in the right right. Excuse me, going in the right direction because you're not on that right now, and they need to take a big step forward in year three and get a good recruiting class for the next year because then you then you're on a trajectory. Then you can say, okay, well we've we've kind of got this thing rolling a bit. But that's putting a lot of weight on Marcus Watson, on uh, the Boone twins, and then on uh, Avery Anderson because those guys are they're good players, they're top one twenty five players, uh, but they're not like top ten players. And uh, I don't know, man. That's I don't know how that's going to go. I, I think it I think it could go well, but am I going? Well, back? I I disagree that year threes make or break. I think the point I was making was year three is these guys all better be on the roster at this time next year. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. the results, you know, they're going to be all freshmen. So you can, you can point to youth and say the old Travis Ford excuse that he used for about eight years <laughs> where he really young. So I think he'll have that excuse, but if he has to kick off a couple of guys to where they have no depth, then, then at that point it's, it's looking like a lost cause for me. So I, I, he needs to keep these guys in the fold and keep them out of trouble. That's his number one concern next year. Yeah, I hope he does. I, I hope I hope that he's successful. I hope they are successful. And, uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I hope it's better than this year. Uh, next thing I got, uh, the East-West game. Uh, how much of this did you catch? Did you see any highlights? What did you think of Jordan Brailford and Taylor Cornelius? 
Yeah, I just saw mostly uh, Dustin Ragusa's award-winning coverage. I think he was keeping everyone uh, everyone up to date on this because nobody was watching <laughs> it. He was the poor soul that had to watch. But uh, no, I mean, Brailford, I thought, made himself some money. Yeah. He was clearly one of the best players on the field and, and proved why he was one of the nation's best uh, sack leaders in the country. So I, I was happy for him. And I thought... You know, all week, these scouts and people covering this game were just drooling over Taylor Cornelius, and somewhere, Mike Gundy had his feet propped up on his desk, and see, NFL guy, told you. And then and then the game comes around, and he throws two picks and, and looks terrible. So for me, he's he's the anti-Whedon. You know, Whedon was a notoriously bad practice player, or at least that's the excuse that Mike Gundy gives for playing him over Alex Kate. It appears Cornelius is the opposite. He's a really good practice player. Didn't play as well in the game. Yeah, he's not going to get drafted, is he? Uh, I I don't know. I doubt it, but who knows? I mean, that would be kind of shocking to me if he got drafted. Not not that I do think that he'll get on a practice squad or, you know, maybe bounce around or whatever cuz he does have a big arm. I just I don't know that he's – I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he will get drafted. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you about Brailford. I think Brailford has a, has a chance to be – have a decent NFL career. I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what that means, I guess. Play three, four, five years and, you know, be on a, be on a good team. I, I, I don't know. It, again, it's all about fit. It all depends on where you go. But he's a good player, and I, I'm interested to see if he gets drafted and if not, then kind of where he ends up. Yeah, I mean, he. I don't think he's on the level of, say, an Emmanuel Ogba by any means, but I think he's just right there below that, a tier below that. So maybe a middle-round pick and, and could really have a, have a decent to solid career. So yeah. that's And we haven't seen very many of those guys on defense from OSU, you know, panning out in the NFL. So that would be, that would be uh, encouraging for the program. Shout-out to Justin Gilbert. Um, the, did you see the Marcus or speaking of Marcus's, did you see the Marcus smart ejection and the, the fact that he got fined 35 K 25 K I think it's 35. Oh, wow. That's a lot of, it's a lot of money. Uh, I saw it. Um, I, I wasn't sure, like obviously something had to have been said, right? Because it went from like zero to 100 real quick. Like he was just kind of being held back and then he just got free and went after the guy. So maybe he said something derogatory. I don't know. But it, it, Marcus is, he's got a short fuse. He's a little like Westbrook in that way where he can, he can lose control of his emotions pretty quick. Do you think he's a, do you think he, where do you land on the uh, fake tough guy or real tough guy with Marcus smart? Oh, I think most of the NBA guys are, are fake tough guys with, <laughs> few, with, with a few exceptions. Now, <laughs> Who are the exceptions? There's a lot of there's a lot of hold me back. A lot of those guys. Um, uh, Trevor Ariza is not a fake tough guy. I heard you do not want to mess with him. Uh, Steven Adams, I would not want to get no. In, yeah, in the way Steve, of Steven Adams is for sure not a fake tough guy. Um, who are some of the uh, PJ Tucker? Like, uh, yeah, not Zach Randolph. Zach, there's there's, Zach, there's several you don't to, want to mess with. Tony. Tony Allen. Tony Allen. Yes, I mean. Not only the tough guys, but the ones that are a little crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think I think I put smart. People are gonna hate this, and I shouldn't say it, but I can't help myself. I put him. <laughs> I put him a little bit in the Blake Griffin category. 
as far as just being fake tough guy. Well, yeah, just like does does stuff that like people don't see, and it's just like just super annoying to like deal with. Like I don't know, I just feel like there's a there's a decorum, and he just does. He just does stuff that's kind of uh, he just breaks a lot of unwritten rules, right? Like the the flopping stuff, and I, I feel like there's a little little fake tough guy in him. <laughs> You've been railing on him since he was at OSU. Yeah, I'm out. I just I don't like the whole deal. Like I I get it. <laughs> like he, you know, he's and the the part of him I do appreciate is I think he cares about every game. I really do. I think he's I think he plays as hard as anybody, and I think that's real. But I, I, there's just some aspect of it that I don't love. David West, notable tough guy as well. Don't want to mm, mess with him. Yeah, but uh, Kevin Durant, would you put him in there? <laughs> well, it's funny is he he kind of invented the term fake tough guy. He he called Chris Bosh a fake tough guy, which ironically years later Kevin applies. I I would I would put Bosh ahead of Durant in terms of real tough guys. <laughs> yeah, of course you would. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, Dayton Fix. LeBron LeBron has been injured. LeBron's <laughs> groin is is pulled. Uh, Dayton Fix goes down. This was his series against the Mavericks, I guess. I jinxed him. I said, I, I think I asked you last week. Can, <laughs> yeah, can you he, did. Can he go undefeated? And he and he loses the <laughs> five, <laughs> the very next match. Five days later, <laughs> his very next match, you you put the kibosh on him. Not good. How dare you? Not good. I didn't like. I didn't see it. I had to ask. You know, my dad's just so locked into wrestling right now. I had to ask him what happened, and he said Fix just couldn't take him down. The guy kept playing defense the whole time, and then just happened to get a takedown on him. So, I guess he will not be pulling a Kale Sanderson and going undefeated for his career. That that was shocking. Yeah. Well, has it, Seth Duckworth recovered yet? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm reeling. I can't imagine how he's feeling. I, I know he. It came. Uh, it came in the second. So they had back to back. They had a Friday Saturday. I think they went West Virginia on Friday and Pitt on Saturday. And the West Virginia Friday night deal was crazy because it was like super controversial and all this stuff. And then Saturday is when he lost. I think it was Saturday. And, uh, yeah, kind of a bummer. I, I was looking forward to him. Maybe I, I didn't, I'm with you. I, I don't know that I thought he was, you know, undefeated for his career, but I think he had a, I thought he had a real chance this year to go at least undefeated in, into the big 12s and, and NCAAs later in March. Um, but <clears throat> no more, but Oklahoma state still won and they're kind of rolling right now with wrestling. Yeah. And he could still win the national championship this year. Yeah. It just kind of depends on the bracket and how things fall and, you know those those matches come NCAA tournament time are just razor thin. So maybe it'll go his way next time. Speaking of wrestling, did you see the uh, video that that Seth clipped of uh, John Smith yelling at a referee to uh, and I quote, "Don't be a baby. It's a tough sport." I did see this, and <laughs> the the match has to at that point. If John Smith says that to you and you're the ref, you have to stop the match and either um, turn in your whistle or run a set of stairs real quick in the stadium and then come back I th- yeah, I just, think just to prove your prove your your mental toughness to john smith i think when you know the refs are always tapping people tapping people out i think you have to tap yourself out at that point and you're just you're done you're out <laughs> somebody's somebody's tapped in for you i mean 
to be called to be called a, a wuss by John Smith has to be the ultimate deflating feeling. Be, to be called a, a a wuss or a sissy by one of the one of the toughest men to ever walk on earth has to be just totally emasculating. I, I don't know how he recovered and, and refereed the entire match. Can't, can't you see John Smith doing that with his kids when they're out trying to farm or what, whatever they're doing out, you know, adjacent to the Gundy ranch. <laughs> don't be a baby. It's just a, it's just a calf. It's just a pig. <laughs> I'm sure they've heard that a time or two. Yeah, it's great. Um, okay. Do you want to talk about the OSU Iowa state game or can we just pass on that? I mean, do you have any takes on that? I mean, as I said, the season's over. I mean, we can talk about it though, if you'd like. Uh, I, they played better than I thought. Uh, I, I thought Marshall Scott brought up a really interesting point that I agreed with. I think I think Cam McGriff and Lindy Waters need to start shooting more. I mean, they just – I don't know. Curtis Jones and, and Dizzy went like two for 16 from three, and it's like, okay, they're that's not always going to happen. But you, if your offense – if your best guys are not shooting uh, enough, you, you need to figure that out. You need to run everything through Cam, through Lindy – Figure out how to get them more shots. I thought I thought Boynton rotated guys well. I thought they mixed in zone defense pretty well. But it's just it's tough. Like with when Duncan Demuth is playing real minutes, and it, it's just it's hard. It's difficult. <laughs> I, I heard during the broadcast that Demuth hit his first three pointer of the season, and I'm and I thought to myself, isn't that why he's in the game? Isn't that what he does well? Isn't that his entire game? <laughs> And he has his first one he's made all year. Well, he banked it. No, he did, he doesn't shoot a lot of threes. I don't think. I thought he was a stretch four. What what does he do well? well I, I don't know. I don't know what okay. he does well. Okay. <laughs> but no, I I did think it was impressive. It was a two point game with 13 minutes to go, which shocked me. I mean, I yeah. thought they were gonna get blown out. So no, Boynton's got his his work cut out for him. There was a great shot of him on the bench with like two minutes left, where he was just kind of rubbing his face, and I was like, this is. This encap- encapsulates the rest of the season moving forward. This is what it's going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Yeah, it really is. Uh, okay, last thing, we'll do our toast of the week. Do you, well, I guess we already talked about it. Any Anything else you want to say about, about Tommy, Tommy Goat? No. I mean, I, I'm ready for the Super Bowl. Uh, it's, it's so eerie that they're playing the Rams again, the, the one he won his first Super Bowl against. Mm. And I was torn. I will say this. You know, it's – I'm so torn on the Patriots because I love Tom. I think he's the GOAT, obviously. But I, I can't stand, like, Belichick and Robert Kraft. Yeah. So I'm just totally – so I was torn with that the whole game. It would have been kind of cool to see some new blood with the Chiefs and Mahomes. Like, I, I was cool with either way. But, God, just it, re, it reinforced all those arguments I ever had with Brady versus Manning. It's just It's not even close. No, it's not. Some, some of the throws that Mahomes made, by the way, I mean, what – what what is that like what what is what is that arm i've i have not seen anything like that well he's reinventing the position with those no look sidearm slash there was one time a linebacker was about to hit him and he almost threw it underhand yeah. around the guy yeah that was a crazy pass he's, he's really he does no look passes he's a freak which is insane so he's he's reinventing the position and to have toys like like tyreek at receiver and the chiefs are fun man the Chiefs are really fun, and I'm I'm interested to see. We're going to talk a little bit later about <clears throat> teams we would like to see Tyron on. Um, but mm. that, that's that's definitely out there. Okay, 
Uh, it's time for the Coupe Works Toast of the Week. Coupe Works brewing great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the Bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coupe Works. And please remember to drink responsibly. Uh, who are you toasting this week, Carson? Well, I had several candidates, but I'm going to toast the OSU football equipment staff. Uh, okay. I think, just, I, just, I, think I know just, why. Justin Williams and company. He came on our pod. It was was great. It was great to pick his brain on questions you and I have had for for years, really. Uh, Twitter account called Uni Swag. Do you follow this? Uh, I well, I did when I was on Twitter, but yes, okay. I, I know what it is. I forgot you're taking a Twitter sabbatical. That's yeah. neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, Uni Swag tweeted out that um, the fans have voted, and the 2018 throwback uniform of the year winner is OSU's. 1988 throwbacks so uh, i'm gonna toast a oktoberfest because it's orange and uh, i just thought kyle we've talked so many times so many years about the potential of the 1988 throwbacks and i thought they exceeded anything you or i would have wanted to see right Mm -hmm. down to that that patch with barry on it are you kidding me yeah The, the helmets were perfect the orange was different. It like popped in yeah. a different way. Yeah. Uh, it was it was total perfection. You and I were there in person to see it with our own eyes. It was like um, I know you don't watch movies, but it was like when uh, on the movie Rudy, when his dad goes into the Notre Dame Stadium for the first time. He said it's the most beautiful thing these eyes have ever seen. That's basically what you and I were doing up in the press box. So I'll, I will cheers the equipment staff. I thought you. Were, I, that's not the direction I thought you were going. I thought you were going to go. Um the helmet choices for the East West game. Oh, I didn't see this. What they pick? I, I forgot. OSU has like 15 helmets. Which ones did they pick? Well, they went with, uh, I don't know if I saw Cornelius, but they went with the, uh, Matt black with the Chrome, the, the OU, the Bedlam 2017 helmet for Jordan Brailford. And they wore it in Bedlam this year too. Yeah. True. Good point. Uh, I didn't. That's what s- I would pick if I were them. I don't know if they were on the same team. Uh, which, if, one, which one would you pick? Uh, probably that. Uh, I don't know. Throwback. Maybe, no. Maybe the. Uh, I like the. Either the badge or the brand, the white one with like the stripe, the kind of thicker stripe down the middle. Mm. Like the the, Paisley, Ed Hardy stripe. It looks like uh, Cornelius wore the same one as Bradford. Yeah, yeah, he did. That's a, it's good. It's a good choice. I'd go with that one. Yeah. Uh, okay. My toast of the week is going to be a briefcase brown to Luke Major. Who is Luke Major? Luke Major <laughs> is <laughs> a walk-on at Oklahoma State, plays basketball, and he scored in the first half against Iowa State on Saturday. And uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, he scored. I think I think he scored. I got to double check that. I know he had he had a he had an assist to uh, Duncan Demuth on the banked in three, which is not something that I envisioned seeing um, at any point this year. But uh, yeah, good for him. You know, we let's see here. Did he score? Get your facts straight. I know this is. I I, <laughs> I started doubting myself after I um. After I said that, I'm I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, he had yeah he had two points. It's not it's his eighth and ninth points of the year. 
He was. He's not. He's not Club Trillion. He actually scored. Yeah, four minutes, one of one from the field. I mean, his per his per forty is just off the charts. Average twenty a game if he plays. Uh, if he plays so forty let's, minutes. Let's be honest. You're cheering him because he's homeschooled. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. No, I actually forgot about that. No, I'm cheering him because good for him. You know, it's not his fault that guys get kicked off the team that he's getting playing time and. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't expect to get playing time this year, but uh, he's obviously making the most of it. I'm sure probably enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, good for him for getting in the game. And not great for Oklahoma State as a whole probably and not something I want to see next year. But uh, for this year, it's, you know, whatever. Good good for Luke Major. So a briefcase Brown to, uh, uh, to Luke Major for his performance against Iowa State. Well, he's going to have seniority now. I guess Boynton's bringing on four, five, six walk-ons just to practice. And uh, Brian Keating and I were talking about this. There's got to be some guys on campus that were good enough to play Juco, D2, and just wanted to go be a regular student instead. Like, what an opportunity for those guys, huh? To just go play for Oklahoma State and be on the team? Yeah, I know. I mean, well, that, And that was sort of the deal whenever – I guess Ford was there. I guess Ford was the coach whenever – they had walk-on tryouts when uh, – was that right? When, when was he – yeah, when they had walk-on tryouts the last time they had him. Did they have him with Underwood too? Maybe. I don't know. But all there was a group of us that were on the, the women's practice squad, and a lot of those guys who were who were good, who played in college or maybe played D3 starting out or whatever, a lot of those guys ended up making the, the men's team. You know, like just walking on. That that was Nolan's story, and there was a couple others as well. So, uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I'd do it just for the shoes and the the swag you get, right? Yeah, absolutely. It'd be awesome. Boynton rocking like the Jordan sixes all the time, and just give me a pair of those, and I'm good. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, okay, let's get to this week's OSU schedule. Brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Okay, pretty full week, Carson. We got uh, women's basketball at Kansas State on Wednesday, men's basketball at home against OU on Wednesday, uh, and then two games in Gallagher on Saturday. We got women's uh, Big 12 game against Iowa State, and then men, uh, the men play against South Carolina uh, on Saturday, Boynton's, uh, I guess it's not really a, a coming home because they're coming to Stillwater, but his old... Uh, school that he played for, uh, and I guess coached at too. Um, alma, alma mater? Yes, there we go. <laughs> and then wrestling is at home against Iowa State on Sunday. So, Do you do you like the Big 12 SEC deal? Yeah, it's cool. I don't mind it. I, yeah. I like it a lot. I mean, if you're going to play a non-conference game, at least play a Power 5. Yeah. So um, I hate – well, I guess this year it might not be included, but – isn't it a joke that both Bedlam games are played in January? Yeah. Like, that is a travesty. You want to talk about killing any enthusiasm for for college basketball in this state? Playing both games in January, one of which was during football season. Yeah, it stinks. I, I, I hate the first – and I feel like they've done that a lot recently. Is Because I think they played both in January last year. They did. Um, Stupid. But the, the first one being – during like football college football and i think they had a game i remember on the night of the fiesta bowl uh whenever they played stanford and it's like yep. what, what is going on <laughs> like shouldn't there be I, you know i know you can't schedule that stuff if you're the big 12 but 
Yeah, I agree. It just it does stink because I feel like people are kind of just starting to get into to college basketball right now. Yeah, it's dumb, stupid. Fix it, Big Twelve. Uh, okay, question of the week for you, Carson. I know you haven't had a ton of time to think about this, but mm-hmm. uh, Dustin Ragusa wrote about it. Uh, he offered up some suggestions. And my question of the week, where do you want Tyron Johnson to land in the NFL? I'm not saying I'm not saying get drafted. I'm just saying where would you like to see him end up and maybe get some playing time in the NFL? Well, I've got a top three. Would okay. you like to hear it? Yeah, let's go. Number one, it's kind of like, I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing, but going to play at home for the Saints. Mm. To, me, it, to me, it's kind of like Dez going home to Dallas. It almost, I think it almost would have been better for Dez to get away from home and away from some of the hangers-on. I don't know. I have no idea if that would be the situation with Tyron at all. Maybe just being at home would be a distraction. But it's not like Drew Brees has a great second, third, fourth option on that team. I think he could play in the slot. Michael Thomas plays outside mostly but also moves in in the slot. I think he would be a perfect fit for that offense. So that, that would be number one, and probably Tyron's number one too. So we'll put that one. And – I you can't say the Rams. I think they're pretty stocked at receiver. Cooper Cup's hurt right now. I think the Chiefs would be a nice position. I'll I put know. them too. I know. I mean, Sammy Watkins is always hurt. You got Tyreek outside and Kelsey, and then not much else. They got a bunch of journeymen uh, receivers. That could be a nice little spot for him. I think Andy Reid would know how to utilize him a little better than OSU did, much like Tyreek Hill. <laughs> <laughs> so they keep that streak alive and uh so number three for me would be the giants because i believe sterling shepherd is a free agent mm. I, I don't think he's going to resign with new york so they're going to need a slot guy and i think that's where tyron's going to make his money don't you in the slot with his quick yeah short routes that seems to be a lot of success he had he can also go deep obviously we saw that too but how cool would it be for him to be alongside odell his idol yeah probably the reason he wore number 13 in college that would be pretty cool for him too. So those are my top three. I like that. I like the Giants. That's a that's a great call. I mean, I didn't I didn't put a ton of time into this. <laughs> you you definitely put more time into it than I did. But I really I, and and I don't follow the NFL as closely as you do. But I really feel like any of the four, um, a, like the final four, would be a lot of fun for me. And maybe it's just because they're maybe that's recency bias. Maybe I just want him to go to a good team. Um, but I th- I think Kansas City would be pretty cool. Like I just I'm enamored with Mahomes. I guess I I don't know. Uh, but to to go to New England would be cool. Um, that would they, be cool. That they they don't exactly have an all star receiving core either. Yeah, and they're all they're all about like you know paying guys as little as possible, especially on offense. I guess to you know Brady has no no weapons. Hasn't had a weapon for you know, 10 or 15 years or whatever. So didn't they pick up Chris Lacey before he went to the lions? Uh, yeah. He was, I think, he was there for like a week or something. Wasn't he? Remember when, uh, Zach was, Zach Robinson was with them and they like shaved that halo into his head or whatever. <laughs> that the fryer tuck <laughs> haircut. He was there for a minute. He actually got to know Brady a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Before he went to, I think he went to like Seattle after that. And in the, in the Cincinnati, I think it's where he finished. Yeah. But, why uh, isn't he? Why isn't he a head coach? That's all they hire now is like former backup quarterback slash QB coaches. I was thinking about. I saw that uh, Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. 
My my only the only thing I know about Eric Bieniemy is that Chris Berman used to have like seven nicknames for him on sun- <laughs> on Sunday Night Countdown. Oh yeah, <laughs> sleeping with Bieniemy. <laughs> Speaking of which, Bro- Boomer was doing like old school NFL primetime, which is like my favorite show of all time when I was yeah, a kid. Yeah, with the music, and he was reading the Chiefs uh, Patriots highlights so hard, I thought he was gonna have a heart attack. He was like out of breath, <laughs> and it was fantastic. I mean, it was a great game. I it mean, was awesome. The last two overtime games, it was sensational. Yeah, uh, we I, need... I picked both. I picked both home teams, by the way, and they both lost. Should we check on? Uh, should we check on the goose on Dustin or Goose after the the Saints loss? Well, think about this, Kyle. Obviously, this year the missed call on the interference. They lost in horrific fashion last year to the Vikings. Do you remember mm. that? That Hail Mary play yeah. where the guy fell down? Yeah, that was bad. Back-to-back years? At Are least, you kidding me? At least that was like a real play, though. Yeah, but two just epically crushing ways to lose. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, the... one, of my, one of my best friends lives in New Orleans and is, is a Saints fan, and I haven't... I haven't bothered to reach out yet. I, I assume he's okay, but I'm not. I'm not totally sure. You might want to check on him. Uh, yeah, the the pass interference was just. I mean, that's kind of it was. It was embarrassing. It's an embarrassing call. You could have called targeting too, on top of interference. Is it? Is it? Yeah, no kidding. Is it weird that Brady's like eight years older than Sean McVay? It's weird that Sean McVay's younger than we are. I know. That's scary. It like, is. We, we used to like be the same age as the players. Now the coaches are younger than us. <laughs> okay, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and then we'll come back to wrap things up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head to toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson. Uh, we're going to end with one interesting thing that you saw this week. Uh, I can go first if you want me to, or you can go. Go ahead. Okay. My one interesting thing is that uh, Jenny Carlson wrote an article, uh, I think it was over the weekend, talking about how she thinks Casey Dunn should should get a shot at offensive coordinator in Stillwater. And the reason that was interesting is because I, I don't think it's – she didn't pay Josh Henson in a negative light. She didn't say anything bad about him, and everything was incredibly positive. But I, I just thought it was an interesting stance – to take. I don't feel like you see that a lot. Um, when something is kind of this close from the exterior, like from the outside, from an outsider looking in, so to speak, I don't feel like you see that a lot from, from a newspaper columnist or really anybody that's covering a team online. I just thought I, I was intrigued that she took that stance. She made good points. I thought, I thought it was fair. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. I was interested that she just kind of planted her flag and said, "I think, I think uh, Casey Dunn should be the guy." And I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with it, but I, I don't, I don't know that I'm, I, I don't know that there's enough there to like separate the two in in any uh, tangible way. Isn't that the case that I made on this podcast for Casey Dunn? Yeah. 
yeah, I guess you, I guess you did, but I, I don't, I, again, like, I don't know that I necessarily agree with you that he should, he should like what, I, I just don't know what separates him from Josh Henson. Like why him and not, and not Henson. Well, one, I think, I think tenure first and foremost at OSU, I think he's earned his shot with through tenure. I think he's earned his shot with collecting Bolitnikoffs. He should have won another one this year. And I think, um, I think Josh Henson went down in flames at Missouri. I, I don't think whether that's his fault or not, kind of like Mike Boynton's recruits failing him, that ultimately falls at his feet. So uh, while he's more of a known, I just think Casey Dunn's earned his stripes. Don't you? Don't you think he's earned a shot? I mean, I guess I just, I, I don't know. I, I guess maybe I'm just saying this cause I don't have like a, a firm opinion one way or the other. Like if they hire, if they hire one of those two guys, whichever one they hire, my reaction is going to be the same. It's going to be like, well, I, I agree with that. So I, I just don't, I don't feel like, I don't know. I guess you're just picking one and, and like, I feel like you could pick either one and make the case for them. So I, I don't, and so because of that, because there's not like a strong case on either side necessarily or a stronger case, I found it interesting that she would just kind of plant her flag there. I don't know. I, I don't, I mean. Well, I, I just think you risk losing Casey Dunn if you pass him over. And I, and I don't, you want to hire the best guy. So I, I wouldn't have a problem with either guy. Yeah. For that. But I didn't, I wasn't sure. And I thought this was interesting that she wrote this. I wasn't sure what Casey's aspirations were. Well, he made it pretty clear with those past quotes that he wants to be a head coach. And if he's going to be stuck being the receivers coach again while Henson moves over him as offense coordinator, that might be it for him at OSU. Now, are you willing to, are you willing to risk losing Casey Dunn to, pr- to promote Josh Henson? I'm not. Yeah. But, but again, this is, these are tough decisions Mike Gunny's going to have to make. Me personally, my overall philosophy is I want my quarterback's coach to be the offensive coordinator. Yeah. But I do think this is a special circumstance with a receivers coach who has been the best in the country, bar none, not even close. And I think you need to reward him for that. And I I do think it's a little overrated that there's not that many receivers coaches that have become OCs, although she points out the two in the uh, national title game were. Dabo Swinney was the wide receivers coach and became head coach at Clemson. So I, I, I don't know. think we need to worry about a receivers coach being able to be the OC. So have you, have you read any of this the stuff about like his um, his initial hire there and how all that went down? It was Terry Don Phillips, wasn't it? Yeah, former OSU AD. Yeah, I don't I don't remember specifics. It was it was wild. He basically went to him and said, and I wrote about this a little bit last week because somebody was making the case. Somebody wrote in a really good email making the case for like why couldn't Stillwater be Clemson. You know, it's sort of, it's sort of set up the same and, and, you know, similar, similar, uh, school sizes and programs and whatever. But essentially, uh, Dabo just became, he, he was like, like everybody got fired. I think it was when, was that Terry Bowden? Who was there? Yeah, it was uh, Tommy Bowden. Tommy Bowden. Terry was at Auburn Mm -hmm. and, (laughs) and they went to Dabo and was like, you're the interim. And he's like. Oh, okay. This is great. You know, I'm, I'm a lame duck coach and I'm having to take over kind of a a mess essentially. And he got called into, um, uh, Phillips's office and was like, and, and Phillips was like, Hey, you know, we're still going to do a national search, but I I think you can be the guy. This guy's a receivers coach. He's like, I think you can be the guy. 
and they he ends up getting the job. They kind of are are middling for like two or three years. And and Carson, here here's the part that intrigued me. They were recruiting at the exact same level as Oklahoma State at the time. Like if you if you go about go back and look, they were they went seven and six in two thousand ten. And the recruiting class the year before was like thirty eighth or forty first, like right around Oklahoma State. And then it just starts moving up and moving up. And they're not, they're not a top ten recruiter. Their their good classes are in the top ten, but they're they're between between ten and twenty. And it just it it goes to show what a great um, system and staff can do with with top twenty talent. Again, like the drum that I'm beating is not that OSU has to recruit with Bama. That's not it. It's what does it look like if you've got top 15, top 20 guys? Because that's, that's kind of where Clemson's at right now. Now, they're, they're getting up there. Like, they're going to probably have top five classes now. But it's because they've won two titles, you know, and, and, and they're just now getting there. And uh, that's, where, that's where it's, that's, you know, that's the lifeblood. That's what it's all about. Well, and I think the argument against that would be Clemson's in a much more fertile recruiting area. Whatever. But I – Texas is right there. Just yeah. go get whoever you want in Texas. Just, yeah. just go do it. So yeah. that that is that is the argument, the big argument against Gundy's current tactics. You're right. And I think I think there was a quote too where they sat Dabo down, a lot of the higher ups, and were like, We we want you to structure this program like Michigan, Florida, Florida State or whatever. And he was like, No, we're gonna structure it like Clemson and we're and we're gonna be better than all those programs. Yeah. He and said, he basically did it. <laughs> and he said yeah, he said somebody asked him, Do you want to be like Bama? And he said, No, we want to be better than Bama. Right. It's like wow. And okay. I, I am intrigued with the Clemson is very much like Stillwater. Off the beaten path, college town. You made those points. That to me is that to me is kind of the interesting factor whenever Mike Gundy decides to hang it up, I'm, I'm super intrigued to see if they can get a guy who can recruit a top 20 level to Stillwater in football, what that looks like. That would be, that would be interesting. Well, and the part that was frustrating to me is I went just going back and look, Clemson went seven and six in, in 10 or six and seven, maybe they might've lost their bowl game. I think they did. OSU goes 10 and two OSU goes, uh, no, 10 and 11 and two, then they go 12 and one. And you're like, this is it. Like, this is, this is the opportunity right here. And they just didn't capitalize. And it's kind of been sliding ever since. Yep. Anyway, what's your one interesting thing? My one interesting thing is amidst all of this football, I watched former OSU Cowboy win $283,000 on the PGA tour. Hmm yesterday his name's taylor gooch people remember him playing golf at oklahoma state he's kind of gone the way of kevin tway where you kind of had to fight your way through those middling tours to get to the pga tour and he he played awesome kyle he finished fourth behind some big names like phil mickelson and yet another osu golfer is uh making a lot of money on the pga tour he was fun to watch and he he putted in from off the green on 18 which was i thought was a fantastic way to finish yeah yeah he was great he's a really good player He's somebody who's ch- taken a more traditional path to the PGA Tour, playing the web.com for a couple of years and just kind of getting better over time, learning what, what professional golf is all about. Carson, that uh, 2011 golf team. <laughs> Stacked. Unbelievable. Taylor Gooch. Morgan, Patrick Reed slayed the dragon. Morgan Hoffman, Kevin Tway, Peter Uline. And I think their other starter was uh, Sean Einhouse. They're, I think they're all playing professional golf somewhere with – 
four of them being on the PGA Tour, and they had Brandon Whedon on that team. Oh, that's right. He went out with the golf team <laughs> just so he could play Karsten every day. That's I know, fantastic. I know. I know. It was great. You know, you know how another reason I know we're old, Kyle? Uh, <laughs> tell me. I covered Taylor Gooch when he was in high school. Yeah, it's not. It's at, not at Carl at Carl Albert. It's not good. That that's how old I am. Yeah, not great. So, um, okay, that's all I got. You got anything else? Nope. Okay, good stuff. I'm headed to headed to Orlando on Tuesday, going to the PGA Merchandise Show. Maybe I can sneak a uh, sneak a couple drivers in my bag for you or something. You already hooked me up with one, so well. You need, a, you need a backup in case you, you're swinging too hard and you crack the face on that one. Yeah, I need a wedge, man. I, my 100-yard game's been struggling lately. So if you see any good wedges out there. Okay, I'll let you know. I'm putting better than Rory, though. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, you want to make a Rory Tiger bet this week? Tory Pines? Tory Pines? Tiger's home away from home? Yeah. I, I'm in. What's the what's the wager? I don't know. We'll come up with something. Um, I guess we won't have a pod until after it. So I guess we need to come up with something uh on the spot right now i I don't i guess uh next next golf outing uh loser has to pay okay uh what are the odds straight up oh okay yeah tiger's tiger tiger over rory tiger's number 13 in the world what's rory eight oh tiger's got this yeah so just straight up if rory beats him i'll pay for golf or no, if Rory beats him, you'll pay for golf. And if Tiger beats Rory, then uh, you pay for golf. Perfect. It's or cold I'll, up here in Oklahoma. I'll have to come down there. I said that all wrong, but you know what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tiger's winning, so I, I know what you mean. <laughs> okay, Carson. Good stuff this week, and we will talk again soon. All right. Sounds good. See you.